Now, if I were to ask you, though, of your past weekend watching these films, yeah, are you grading this based on what Nate likes or basing this on if Nate was the Oscars, what that person would like? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like I love the Fast and Furious movies. I know they're no oh. cinematographic, like, you know, achievements. Right. Maybe visuals. Maybe sound. Maybe. Maybe. And, definitely not and any- since you chose that, that is definitely one of my... We'll call it guilty pleasures. Whether oh. it should be called guilty pleasures yeah. is a different conversation, but yeah. I love that. So I I do think there is a traditional Oscar formula, and I feel like that is evolving in a good way. How so? So well, first of all, as I'm watching them, I'm I'm not evaluating it in that con- like traditional construct. I'm just seeing what I think about it. Yeah. Um, when I say it's evolving, you have, I mean, the two easiest examples are 2016 Moonlight, a movie um, with a, uh, man, there's so many things I can list, a, not a, a person of color director about a person of color um, uh, marginalized demographic in Miami who is... Uh, homosexual um, and kind of their story that is not the traditional Oscar or or um, storyboard narrative that gets a lot of accolades mm-hmm. and that beat a very very traditional musical about Hollywood a very good movie um, mainly you know white cast in La La Land which is a movie I love um, but I also really loved uh, Moonlight. And uh, so that was the first thing. And that was, there was a big controversy because they mixed up the envelopes when they were revealing all that. And then last year, the very first ever foreign film, or what they call now um, foreign language film, uh, in Parasite won. And that was a big deal. So when I say it's going in a different direction, I just mean uh, traditional is like they love movies about real people they love big sweeping um you know gone with the wind style if we can use that as a representative um these these huge narratives and i've seen that be a little different at least twice in the last four years so that's where i'd say what the oscars says is the best picture has begun to and it's all subjective and that's part of it but it doesn't take away from my fascination with it if you, have changed a little bit. if you haven't been able to pick up what we're talking about, this is the now it's, it's the second annual Oscars 2021 talk. Hey, hey. Back with us, Nate Emery, residential expert of all things movie. And uh, I want to just say that it's I'm very excited you get to do this because uh, last year was your first year doing it. It was a weird time. It's still a weird time to do this when yeah. movies, we, I mean, because the year before you at least had. 2019 movies to talk about during yes. the beginning of a pandemic. Yes, all of those movies came out prior to yeah. pandemic. That's one of the points. We'll just go ahead and make it now that normally the Oscar ceremony is in February or March. This one was delayed because of the delay in production and the delay of release of plenty of the movies that were slated for 2020. Um, so almost all of those films were pre pandemic times yeah normal times normal Normal times quote unquote now you're gonna go for movies that 
I mean, you can go one of two sides of the coin, right? You could say this Oscars is more limited in what is to offers, right? It's kind of like going to a restaurant. It's like, oh, they're closed. So like half the menu is available now. Right. Or you could say, well, these movies are still the cream of the crop and they would have still probably came through anyway. Who's to know? Who's to say? Right. Uh, Want to give a quick shout out to our buddies, uh, Tadara Pizza on North Market Street in Greenville, South Carolina. You can catch a slice there right next to down the street from Floor Field. So opening baseball at the Greenville Drive opens soon, May 1st. Go right down the street and enjoy Tadaro's Pizza at well, said, North Barkley Street. And Monday night's $5 off any large and a dollar slice down on Wednesdays. Tadaro's Pizza. Mm. Anyway, also want to give a shout out to our friends at the Horror Group in Greenville, South Carolina. If you need a home, if you need to buy or list a home, check out the Horror Group. Nate is a part of the Horror Group. I used to be part of the Horror Group. And I still love the horror group, and they are one of the best, if not the best, folks to buy a house or sell your house with. They're going to guarantee to get you top dollar value and over asking price every time guaranteed there. That's my statement. That's not officially their statement, so don't <laughs> hold them to that. Don't call Nate or call horror and be like, hey, I heard on this guy's podcast you were going to guarantee me more money. That's just me saying that really out loud as I'm talking. That's what we call slander, but in a good way. They're still a great group. Check them out. They're going to give you the most value that you can get. I'll say that. Value. We do, we do good work, and we appreciate that. The, it, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's break it down. Nate, you did a lot right. of research over the weekend. I did. I don't know. Was was your wife part of this whole research process, or was you, were you just locked in a room by yourself? Not so much. I, I did. <laughs> I gave her the opportunity. I would say this, a couple, this is good bonding time. It is. Nope. I, I think a couple of times it was my fault for... Um, letting the opportunity pass to watch a movie together, and uh, I had put her on kind of this crunch time schedule, and if she wanted to enjoy any of these, she could. I I will say, I had seen, just get it out there, there are eight Best Picture nominees this year. Um, the way Best Picture nominations work currently, and that is changing, is that Best Picture can be anywhere from five to ten Best Picture nominees, and it, it has been 10, and it's been as few as 8. I don't think it's been less than that, and this year it's 8. Uh, I think in the future it's going to be solidly 10. Anyway, I had seen 3 out of those 8 before about 5 days ago. Um, the reason for that, yeah. And, you don't have children for one. I don't, and for lucky. someone as passionate about movies as so I am. Lucky. No, don't tell, me, don't tell me if I say that you're so lucky. I, will, I love my She kids. will never hear this <clears throat> podcast. She, she probably hasn't. No. Yeah. No, we don't post this anywhere. <laughs> Probably. I know she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, and there's some genuine disinterest from me on some of these films and some of the topics. And um, it's just been a little bit of a lackluster year, in my opinion, in, in some ways. And, and a lot of that has to do with pandemic stuff, which we can get into if you want to. But um, anyway, I made a heck of a run uh, watching five out of the eight in the last four days wow so yeah cr did some cramming i mean seen a, a decent amount of other films throughout the year but i feel like i'm ready to rock all right let's break it down from the bottom up yeah. we, because i know i know that if we sat here and did every single category in every single film in each one of those categories yeah we could be here all day now nate, now nate you're a good man and i don't say that to a lot of people I don't. Um, I don't want you to become me and be a neglectful husband 
<laughs> so I won't take that much of your time Thank to you. go over that much. So Alrighty. let's start with one of my favorites, visual effects. What okay. do we have? Yeah, so on this, um, this is a movie that I actually would really like to revisit, but um, I will, the, the overwhelming favorite for this one is Tenet. That is Christopher Nolan of uh, Dark Knight, Inception, Prestige, Dunkirk, etc. fame. Um, his movie it was famously, in the midst of the pandemic, the, the movie that was supposed to reopen theaters. And uh, while it may have made more money than a lot of other films this year, because most of them weren't released in theaters, um, did not do that. And was, maybe in a cliche way, the most Christopher Nolan-y of Nolan films, and was really confusing. Um, and I was also sleepy during it. So I don't remember a ton of that film. But Do you have to interpret the ending in your own manner? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't attempt to. But anyway, that that would be the overwhelming favorite for special effects this year, um, which I mean shouldn't really be a surprise, even if the film itself doesn't land quite the way anyone wanted it to. Um, in my opinion, no, the other nominees are yeah. Love and Monsters, okay. The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan. I've only seen one of these movies. Again, yeah. when I became a stepfather and husband, it's very hard to sneak in movies when you can't for your soul self. Right. I did buy Mulan last year. I, And I'm trying not to be biased being an Asian American. I genuinely did enjoy it. I did have to take myself after the first 20 minutes out of the mindset of, oh, this is a fresh <laughs> Mulan. Nothing to do with the uh, 1995 film. Right. right. So, No singing Mushu. No Stevie Wonder. No. Don't, don't remind me that Eddie Murphy wasn't in this. Don't remind me of that. Oh. Anyway, uh, I know my kids saw the one and only Ivan. They enjoyed it. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what that is. Wow. Okay, so it was a children's book for one. Okay. Like uh, late elementary, early middle school. It's a gorilla, I believe, in a circus. And, okay. you know, talking to animals. The, the, that whole shabazz there. So other than that, I don't know anything about Midnight Sky, Love and Monsters. So if you don't take it away. Yeah, I don't I don't know what Love and Monsters is. Okay. So that's, I'm over two. Again, this is a year where I would feel like more disconnected with movies than I've been before, which doesn't mean I don't have plenty to wax eloquent on. Midnight Sky is George Clooney's latest directorial effort. Um, and he's actually not done great with those. Not not no. a lot of accolades for his um, directing. So that that's his kind of space epic that I honestly had on my short list of things to watch. And then when it kind of bonked with critics and, and bonked with um, nominations, I lost the time for it. Um, so I would be, I, and I did like Mulan. And I'm a, a huge fan of original original Mulan. And uh, it would be wild if Tenet didn't win this. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on to the uh, category, the music category. Now, when you say music, are we doing original song or original score? You like score. You're so a score guy. Both. I like. Yeah, I would. I think the score is a more important award. Um, to not go off on it too hard. A lot of times, the um, original song is a song that was composed for the film. May not appear in the film. May have no. Um, bearing on the film, just be in the credits, and that's that's what you're nominating. I think if you could make a way to categorize that appropriately, I think the more effective way is something like 
2018's, um, oh, from A Star Is Born. Missing the name. Oh, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper and uh, yep. Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga. Yep. Yep. Whatever that song is called. That's escaping me at the middle. Uh, the Shallow. Shallow, which is so good. Yeah. Um, that's a movie that's in the movie. Oh. In the in the running time of the film, yep. and has something to do with the film. I mean, take mm-hmm. any Disney movie, Beauty and the Beast, yep. great example. Um, that's different. Uh, so the, I feel like the category has been just like who wrote rando pop song for the credits. Um, I think the the front runner for this is well. First off, I, for, I have to look up the and first off, we title. got the yeah. nominees: The Five Bloods. Please do Mank. Minari, News of the World, Soul. I've only seen Soul. And I, 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 I like what you distinct about what the difference between a song and a score is, right? So the song is, like you said, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's kind of the embodiment of the movie, right? Like the song you can sing and you can remember in your head. The score is like, if the embodiment is the song, then like the score is kind of like the heart. Right, it's like the beats sure. that go with the movie, that go with the emotions of the scenes and what's going on, that kind of stuff. Kind of like why I love right. um, the Avengers song. Duh, 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 duh. Oh, I duh. know it because you feel I it. I know it, right? Well, so. That, well, so that's that's the big difference. Is the score is a composer yep. writing something that is supposed to either um, uh, emulate whatever the, the the emotion the movie is doing or amplify it. Yep. And so that goes right along with it. If it's a song that's just in the credits, it's like, yep. whatever. So the song that's, real quick, since we're on it, the song that's supposed to win, what I know, is Speak Now, which is from One Night in Miami, and that's performed by Leslie Odom Jr., who's in uh, Hamilton, and okay. so famous for that. Um, as far as the scores go, um, you mentioned Soul's the one you have seen. Yes. That's the one that should be the front runner. I can relate then. Yeah. So, I mean, a little bit different vibe, but that's uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross famously did um, the uh, soundtrack for The Social Network, um, which would have been a full 10 years ago, which is wild. But anyway, um, real good, and they're actually nominated twice. They also did the soundtrack for Mank, um, but they, they should be the front runner easily with Soul. I was, uh, I was pleased, and I don't want to say I was like, surprised by what what soul ended up being in the end i just remember reading that people were disappointed with their interpretation of it uh i yeah. thought it was it was for what it was without going into too deep of like religion by any means like it was very universal like okay this is just how everyone can interpret it there mm-hmm. so fine yeah. movie yeah it's tough i i don't know that there's a quick um critique on that i I, soul is probably not the most kid-friendly of pixar's movies it's Mm -hmm. in my top 10 of the year um, for what that's worth and it is not other than a a handful of scenes that might involve the embodiment of a cat is not terribly funny it has a lot of pretty you did enjoy the cat i did as a cat dad had you asked nate nate emory (laughs) that four years ago when he was anti-cat yeah he would have said i don't know i probably said i don't know but those were funny. But anyway, otherwise, fairly, fairly heady uh, movie for Pixar, even. It is. All right, let's move on to original screenplay. Yeah. Nominees, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago 7. Let me take a wild guess. I have, First off, I want to admit, I have not seen any of these movies. Yeah. I do want to see... 
Trial of Chicago 7 before it leaves Netflix at some point, and Minari. Yep. Uh, I've heard good things about Promising Young Woman. I don't know anything about Sound of Metal and Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. But if I were to go on who wrote each one and what I know of due to popularity, I would eliminate Promising Young Woman. I would almost say Sorkin is too easy to give that to, despite his name and the grave reviews of uh, Trial of the uh, Chicago 7. I would hope the long shot and the, like, not say dark horse, but definitely, like, if it came out any other year, I feel like it would get uh, buried. But luckily in 2020, like, not a, not a ton of movies came out. So I believe Minari would be the front runner. So the front runner is... <laughs> None of what I said. Yeah. No, it's okay. No, it's good. Um, and, and these are all these are all movies that I like. I've seen all of these. Um, I've seen <laughs> uh, two of them in the last 24 hours. Um, and I, I Promising Young Woman's a front runner. Really? On that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Emerald Fennell, who has not been a... She was a writer and director and uh, largely just been actress previously. Um, probably be your front runner there. Aaron Sorkin is the easy choice, and that's why it's probably number two. Right. Um, he's won previously. He did win again, second mention for the Social Network, um, which should have won Best Picture. Different topic. But anyway, um, <laughs> this those podcast are, brought to you by the Social Network. The Social Network. <laughs> <laughs> Nate won't oh, let it go. No. Um, Andrew Garfield deserved more. That's great. He did. That was and Jesse yeah. Eisenberg underrated. That's yeah, that's another topic. Anyway, um <laughs> those are probably your those are probably your front two. Uh I those are not my favorite two movies of that list. I would put two of the other movies there ahead of that. We'll get to that later. But for betting odds, if you're going to an Oscar party this weekend like I am, um, you may want to go Promising Young Woman or Trial of Chicago Seven for that. Going, you're hosting. I am hosting. You're not going. You're, you're, you're uh, nine, just opening a door. Nine years running. <laughs> Nerding out. Can't let it go. Right. Can't let it go. Uh, all right. Let's move on now to directing. Uh, this is where it gets really heated up now. This is where, like, the big the big ones here, the big the big awards. Okay. We got nominees, another round, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman. Again, I have unfortunately not watched none of these because... I try to spend time with my family. It's, I've been told that's a good thing. I, I, would, I would question it as much as I love cinema. <laughs> I think that's that's admirable. Uh, I think every year directing gets um, not someone who's necessarily undeserving, but kind of a uh, an out there pick. Uh, Thomas Vinterberg for another round is one of those. That is, we're not covering that category, but that would be your front runner for uh, best foreign language film. Um, and uh, the fact that he's nominated for best directing should should indicate a shoe in for that category. Um, David Fincher, who should be one of your favorites, directed things like, sorry, The Social Network. Um, <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is real. Um, I mean, good on David crossover. Fincher. I just feel like it's more undertone. Lot of crossover. You... <laughs> um, not uh, directed Benjamin Button, Fight Club, Seven. Gone Girl Go. should have won by now. Mm-hmm. Really should have won for... It's like, what else do I have to network. make to win right, this? Right, so what he did... He's a Leonardo DiCaprio of directors, isn't he? He, yeah, up to this point. So what he did is he got <laughs> his, his father, 
wrote the screenplay for Mank. Mank is about Herman Mankiewicz, who was the screenwriter for a small film you probably haven't heard of called Citizen Kane. Oh. And so it's a black and white 1940s throwback and is the most nominated movie this year. That's Will, a huge cast, it, too. It has, yeah, great cast. Gary um, Oldman, we'll, Amanda Seyfried, yeah, Lily we'll get, Collins. Yeah, we'll get to some people there. And um, will it win very much? No, it will not win this category either. Um, if it did, I wouldn't necessarily be upset. I would mainly be upset that Fincher hadn't won for something that's better than this movie. But Mank is what that's about. Minari is, just while we're going through this, Minari is um, a story about a Korean family that moves from California to uh, rural Arkansas to open a farm and try to get a new start. And so um, I love this following on the, on the footsteps of uh, Parasite. Again, uh, what, what that movie did and being able to overcome what is normally an Oscar pick to win Best Picture is awesome. So Lee Isaac Chung, who I'm not familiar with beyond this, um, did a good job there. I did enjoy that movie. Nomad Land. Uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, who again, woman, person of color, really cool that she's in this category this year. Um, is stars Frances McDormand. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about this movie in a minute. Um, that's the front runner. There, she has won all the other awards. Um, you look at this isn't like a a given, but you look at things like the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. BAFTAs, um, SAG Awards or Producers Guild. There's different guild awards. The guilds make up the academy. So you have screenwriters and producers and writers and actors and all of those make up um, and more. Um, They break it down even into sound and uh, visuals and that kind of thing. Um, Anyway, so Chloe Zhao's far and away your favorite on that. And then finally, Emerald Fennell, who I mentioned earlier, Promising Young Woman. Um, Kind of a Dark comedy, romantic comedy, drama, a little bit of everything. What's well, it's a, I've been told it's been built as a psychological thriller. No, I feel like it could be built as a lot of things. Um, All right. Literally finished watching that mm, hour and a half before this recording. So it's not it's not like scary, jumpy, not gory. No, nope. Really, nope. Huh. All right. Little bit of romantic comedy, little bit of dark humor, little bit of psychological, but not in like a. It's not. It's not a horror. It's no jump scare. Craziness. Mm. Yep. So anyway, if you're going to that party, Chloe Zhao. All right. There we go. Let's move on. I do want to throw in a quick animated feature film because I am. I am a father of two young kids, and uh, I have seen two of these movies. (laughs) Nominees. Uh, There's probably the two I've seen. Onward. Over yep. the Moon, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, <laughs> Soul, Wolfwalkers. I'm going to guess you saw the same two movies I saw, which is Soul and Onward. That's correct. Okay. I believe Sean the Sheep is of Wallace and Gromit fame. Little with that play, name? Claymation. With that name, I would not have been surprised. Yeah. Um, that being said, we talked about Soul a little bit. I enjoyed Soul, but I, I weeped. I cried at Onward twice. I like Onward I forgot. Like, I'm surprised. I like them both. I probably like Onward more than Soul. I wrestle with it because they're so different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, there's different themes. I mean, different different. Feels. I think Onward is much more accessible, and 
appealing than than Soul is. But then the people who love Soul really love Soul. I and, forgot that it came out in 2020 with everything that happened in 2020. But right, it, it, and that was another early on, probably March. March 6th. It came out yeah. right before the pandemic. Right. Like started in some cases, yeah. So Soul's your slam dunk winner for that. I mean, if that, if it was anything else, really? I'd, be, I'd be shocked. You but, were a betting yes. man, and you enjoy Onward more, but you would put the money on Soul. There are a few categories in this entire discussion that I would put more of a bet on than that. Okay. Yeah. Well, nothing against Soul. It's a great movie in its different way. Again, I, I am not ashamed that I cried twice watching Onward. It's all right. Very good movie for fathers, for brothers, for family, mm-hmm. in that sense. Especially if you have an older brother, even if you are an older brother. You know, it's a, it's a really great film. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, let's, do a little, let's do a little reversals here. So let's do male supporting actor. Okay. So, actor in a supporting role. You have Sasha Barry Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya. In Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami, Paul Rachi in Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. I don't know if I got half their names at all right. Totally did. Okay, good. Paul. Well, I've heard Paul Rassi, Racy. Either way, he's a little bit unknown. Daniel Kaluuya of um, Get Out fame. And there, Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat, so we know mm-hmm. that, and, we'll, and that that will come up later, too. Um, Leslie Odom Jr., again, uh, played Air Burr in yep. Hamilton, and Lakeith Stanfield, you should know from several things. But um, this is, this one's interesting. I, I think Daniel Kaluuya's your guy. Yeah. It's a um, tough field. I mean, just, just the actors alone, without even going to, like, what the roles are. Yeah. That's a damn good field. It is a great field. I think there's a little bit of what we'll call category fraud here. As you'll Ooh. notice, there are two actors from the same movie in mm-hmm. Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, both from Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, and I, I would say that Lakeith is a lead performance. And while Kaluuya is the front guy that has the more flashy role, um, he's actually your supporting now he did win in a couple other categories, um, so I would pick him as your as your front runner there. I think there's a chance for Sasha Baron Cohen to get there. Um, I think kind of combined with his efforts for Borat too, um, could get him some love. But Kaluuya is is the best person in this category. Um, from spoiler, my favorite movie of the year, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. So All right, go with that. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Let's move on to actress in a supporting role. We have nominees Maria Bakalova. Nailed it. I try to I try not to say Mariah. I don't know why my brain was like, well, there's no H. <laughs> Maria Bakalova, Glenn Close. Do I need to go on the rest? I'm kidding. No, yeah, Glenn yeah. Close, respectfully. Olivia Coleman, Amanda Seafried, Yuyan Yoon. Yeah, so Maria Bakalova is. You're not um, even going to question me on the Yu Yan Yoon one. No, <laughs> you're not gonna, probably not. You're not even going to question me on the on the Korean. Probably not. <laughs> um, she plays a. She, we'll jump to her. She plays a grandmother in that film who is the funniest and and most um, exciting character I think in that. As and, as uh, someone who's Asian American who grew up in the South, I yeah. I'm way behind Minori, and I'm also a huge Steve Yoon fan. Yeah. Uh, 
I haven't I haven't watched Walking Dead, but I've, I I love right now Invincible on okay. Amazon Prime. It's a okay. very good series. It just came out a couple weeks ago. He does a great actor as a voice as a main character. Um, but also, I think for me personally, I have a, a love hate with Steve Yoon because mm. about seven years ago, I was walking around Home Depot in Simpsonville, South Carolina, and a guy was following me a couple of aisles, and I had a ball cap and a hoodie on, and he thought I was Steve Yoon. He thought, oh, he wasn't Steve Yoon. Yeah, yeah. He, he, the guy <laughs> following me thought I was Steve Yoon. You're going to say, you were being followed by Steven Yoon. No, I wish. Um, okay. But this guy, which I don't know if it's racist or if he thought we had some kind of similarities, he thought I was, oh, man, I thought you were the guy from Walking Dead. I was like, no, sorry. Wow. So there's me, ball cap, hoodie, and glasses, and he thought, yeah, Stephen Yoon was just hanging out in Simpsonville, That's South Carolina. Much more of a disappointing ending to that story. Than I know. I, I know. thought it was gonna be. I got to meet Stephen Yoon in the no. In the lows. Okay. No, I'm sure he's a lovely man though. All he right. Is. So, so Yoo Jung Yoon for Minari is probably your front runner in that. Really? Yeah. Good for her. Now I don't know that that's for sure going to happen. There's some, there's some other twists and Oscar love here. Amanda Seyfried probably not. Appreciate her. She's real good. She's been good in some other things that I really like. Um, she's probably. Five out of fifth out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia Coleman won a couple years ago for the favorite. Um, upset Glenn Close, who's nominated this year for Hillbilly Elegy. So Olivia Coleman saw the father eat last night. Really good. Um, Oscar favorite could get that in there, but I think that's just because she's close to some other momentum. Why she got and because she's won before that she got that nomination. I would say Glenn Close is probably your second place, and this is this is one of the unfortunate thing about the Oscars, and, and this could be a whole other podcast. But she's in for a movie um, that's largely disliked. Um, again, gotten some other nominations here and there. Amy Hillbilly Elegy is not a not a very... not something that cr- the critics like. I really? didn't want, again. It was on my short list, and because of that, I kind of discredited it and, di- and didn't see. Is this the one with Amy Adams? Amy Adams. Okay. Who I love. Gotcha. Love Amy Adams. And Glenn Close famously um, had been snubbed year after year after year, was supposed to win for a movie called The Wife, which no one has seen. No one has seen. Um, Two years ago, got beat by Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. And so Glenn Close could get some love here as kind of a, what we'll call an achievement, a, a career achievement Oscar that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with her current performance that we're talking about here hillbilly elegy just has to do with the fact that well she's overdue so if you're going to see somebody beat Yoo jung yoon i would say glenn close but it's really because of that reason and then lastly maria bakalova who nobody knows about um prior to this was breakout role as borat's daughter in borat 2 subsequent movie film love that i don't title. think there's any way the nominees the the committee whatever you call them would let a Borat film with anything. I don't know. The fact that it got this far is great. And, it, I, and she did a good job. Don't get me wrong. It won several things. I mean, it's a different voting body, but it won several things at Golden Globes. And it was really interesting to see that. So she's, I, I would put her at third, probably if I was ranking this, and this is just my, my personal opinion. I would still be surprised if she won. I think it's Yoo Jung Yoon's to lose. Uh, and Glenn Close would be nipping her heels for a, a career achievement Oscar, but otherwise, um, Maria Bakalova may be third. 
And she was, I mean, she was genuinely good. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see where her career goes after this, if there's a career after this. I mean, some of these people are just flashing the pan. I mean, she's she's fairly young and don't know where she's going to go from here, but she's clearly got some acting chops. No, she's got a good acting The fact that she kept up with Sasha Baron Cohen's <laughs> insanity yeah. and requirements and in the role that she's in, like, this is not a traditional actress role. No. This is like... Acting with pranking, with like under like undercover, yeah. like all kinds of shit. A lot shit. of twists and turns. Yeah. I will. I want to say real quickly because I didn't get to mention under supporting actor that Sasha Baron Cohen is actually is really good in Trial of Chicago Seven, a movie I also really sure. like. Um, again, it has some different vibes and different tones from something like Judas and the Black Messiah, which feature the same character, the character of Fred Hampton, um, leader of the Chicago. Uh, Black Panther Party is in both movies. Mm-hmm. Um, very different movies. I really like them both. But anyway, he is he's kind of your standout guy. He he gets some joke lines, but it's a little different than you know, his his normal stand-up or um, theater show. All right, next up, we have actor in a leading role. Nominees, Riz Ahmad, Chadwick Boseman, let me also, I should probably read what movies they're from. I forgot yes. to do it the last category. This will be good. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Postmortem, in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, Steven Yeun, Minari. Yeah, it's a good list. It's a good list. And I like, again, I, I like all these movies. I think I like, I like Mank the least. I would okay. say actually, and Gary Oldman, who I who I also like uh, for many things, is probably last last chance to win that. He won three years ago for um, Darkest Hour. He played Winston Churchill, famously, lots of makeup, and was is sure. quite good in that. So he won for that. Uh, be probably last on then. Stephen Yun probably um, third or fourth place. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, which hasn't come up yet. Great movie. Really great movie. What is Sound of Metal? Sound of Metal is about a metal rock band drummer who loses his hearing um, and and has to cope with not only the loss of his livelihood, um, but having to separate from his um, love interest and ends up going to a, um, I don't want to call it a, he goes to an institution to a to a a, a special um, living place for people with that issue, and Paul Racy we met, mentioned earlier is the guy who runs that, um, and has to help him cope with accepting his new disability, um, as he kind of juggles back and forth between. At the beginning of the movie, he meets with a um, a doctor about getting a cochlear implant. And how he can try to maintain this normal lifestyle um, as if nothing had happened, um, though it's tremendously expensive um, for most people. And um, if he can make peace with the cards that life has dealt him at this point, um, so it's really good, uh, really good. Again, not not terribly exciting um, in, in the sense of like a you know an action movie. You're not. You're not getting that, but Riz Ahmed is great in that. Um, he would, oof. I actually can't say he'd be my favorite here. There's some, there's some. The the two top people are real, real good. 
So your your front runner on this is probably Chad Bozeman uh, from Mon Rainey's Black Bottom, a movie we haven't talked about yet. That's about um, a uh, singer in, uh, I don't know what time period that's in, to be honest, but a singer played by Viola Davis named Ma Rainey, who uh, is from the South and goes up North to record an album, and it's from a stage play, so the whole movie is two rooms. It's the recording studio and the practice shack on the second floor. Um, and Chad Bozeman's part of the uh, orchestration. He plays the trumpet. Um, and he's a pretty hot young musician that has some great ideas and clashes with the old timers and clashes, of course, with Ma, who's real strong-willed. Um, but as a, as a final performance, unfortunately, for Chadwick, um, fantastic. Like, best part of the movie, easy. If he won, no problem with that. He's won plenty of things so far. Um, so that would be great. And then Anthony Hopkins uh, in a movie called The Father, which we also haven't touched on yet, um, though Olivia Coleman was nominated for that, is about um, an aging man and his daughter dealing with uh, the on stages of dementia. And it's, a lot of people say, his best performance since Silence of the Lambs, which he course one best actor for so I, I would say Chadwick Boseman is your front runner and uh, Hopkins at number two wow yeah both really good those movies um, again a lot of these movies are not things that I'm like jumping up and down must see if this was last year I'd be like guys once upon a time in Hollywood get out there see this two years ago guys star is born must go none of these are like my favorite thing in the world and both of those guys did great work. So uh, the definite must-see Nate List, the father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Not what I said. Those no. two guys. Those two guys give great performances. Those two movies, I would. I I'm not sure. You're like man, the I, movie, fantastic human being. The father is really good. It is just. I mean, it's not happy. Yeah. And it is a great. For what it is, a great depiction of of that life stage and that sobering yeah um, reality, and I I it's not something I'm rushing out to tell yeah. people to go. Yeah, I don't think I'll be seeing that anytime soon, considering my father passed away from MSA back in January of this year. Uh, I right. lived that movie, and I'm right. not doing that for someone else. Might not be for you. Nope. All right, last category we're going to cover here uh, before we let Nate just go wild the town. Whatever you want to talk about after that. Actress in the leading role. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andre Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDermott in Nomadland. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Great. So two, right off the top, two of these movies I have not seen because the only nomination that they have is for this category. And so I just, you know, as free as my time is, Kid free right now. Did not make time for them. But Andre Day uh, in United States versus Billy Holiday. She won in the Golden Globes, which was a big surprise for everybody. And Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman um, has not won any of the, the precursor awards. Um, so the interesting, this is probably the most up in the air category of any of them. Again, if you're an Oscarologist, you're trying to figure this out. They're probably the two hardest ones. Um, this this is probably the hardest one to figure out. Um, I would not bet on either of those two 
Francis McDormand has won twice before uh, for Fargo, which we all love, I hope. And most recently, 2017, for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, so I, I think she was great. I think Land is really good. Uh, I don't know that she's going to win this. If I had to pick the top two, I would put it between Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Viola Davis won uh, Supporting Actress for a movie called Fences a few years ago uh, with Denzel Washington. It was also a stage play. Um so she seems to have an affinity for that, and she's quite good in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, though I, I, Chadwick Boseman seems to be um, the star in that, in my opinion. And then Carrie Mulligan, who is, is overdue, uh, probably overdue for nominations, but overdue for an award uh, of this caliber in Promising Woman, is real good. So I would be happy with any of those three. Again, the other two women might, might be great. I just haven't seen it. Um, but I would go... Viola or Carrie on that. Like you said, that's a that's a great, fantastic list. And I think Carrie Mulligan is one of those examples and you and you and you kinda nailed it. And I saw her on Saturday Night Live give her best interpretation of what we're talking about is she is constantly mistaken for Michelle Williams. Yeah. And I think a lot of her performances get muddled because of a lot of what she's in, she's she's like surrounded by star powerhouses. Oh yeah, this is where she literally just takes lead. And from what I hear, again, I haven't seen it. She does a wonderful job, but again, stacked category, very stacked. Yeah, very stacked. And I I agree with the getting mixed up with Michelle Williams thing, who is also long overdue for some type of award. So both of those uh, would hopefully be a short time coming. Um, but uh, I would look for her vital on that. Now let's just go for the for the old Nate free for all here. What, what, why why do you love the Oscars so much? You, I mean, you you throw the ninth annual consecutive running Nate Emery party of the Oscars. Yeah, pandemic and all, damn to hell. You are <laughs> going through with it. Why is it you love we're it going, so much? We're going through with it. Um, I mean, part of it is I'm I'm also um, going back to the 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 original. Um, Emphasis of this show is I'm a big sports person. Uh-huh. I really like competition. I don't know that I'm that competitive of a guy, but if there are stakes on the line, I can pick up any kind of any kind of sport or any kind of even program like this and say, okay, there, there's something on the line here, and I'm invested in it. Like I could, if a, if I showed up at a rando uh, little league game. And it was seven seven going into the ninth inning. I would be just jacked, you know. So, <laughs> right. So I one is just I love I love good competition. Two is this is this is the um, crossroads of my love for film and my love for competition. Okay. Um, so I see those two things intersect there. Um, third is a little bit of how I was raised. My dad was a big movie person. Um, and would always talk about those kind of accolades, like, oh, this one, Best Picture, and yada, yada. And it was, for me, my age, and, and uh, what would be maybe a formative movie for a lot of people, in 1997, a small film called Titanic came out. And it was nominated for a crap ton of awards. Yep. It won 11, which mm-hmm. was, a, at the time, tied for the record with Ben-Hur. That movie is now shared three ways with Return of the King, my favorite movie of all time. Yep. Um... And that was the first Oscars that I watched. And I was really upset that Leo wasn't nominated. And he's been my favorite actor 
since then. And part of it was just I was young, formative, it was the hype, and I've just followed it since then. Um, in 2000, I was pumped because a movie, um, Andrew, you might have heard of it, it's called Gladiator. Yeah. Um, I think there, there might be a previous oh, episode. Oh, that's right. You, you, you love that so much, you own it in several formats. I Sure. So <laughs> I think there's a previous episode that might might have us on it talking about yes. a little bit about that. But it won. I was like, yes, my favorite movie won this thing. Year after that, small film called Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. Lost, and I was upset. But Beautiful Mind won, and I liked that at the time. I haven't revisited it in a long time, so maybe it's bad. I don't know. But anyway, um, just got into it. Yeah. Um, I love... You know, I mean, there's a lot of crap that surrounds it, and uh, it, it's gotten politicized, and there's been some injustice and stuff. And like I said, that I think that's beginning to work itself out. But what it definitely is, period, is a recognition of people that are masters at their craft, whether that's acting, directing, putting the whole thing together, whether it's the sound or the music or somebody that got their song in the credits. Yellow Card has a song in Spider-Man 2. Yep. It's awesome. You like um, seeing the best of the that. best. I love. I just love all that. I love the recognition of it. And I, again, because I'm a movie nerd and and enjoy all that celebrity stuff. Like I watched the red carpet. I'm like, okay, this person had a great dress. I'm not over the top on that. I'm not sure. watching the who wore it best and who was worst dressed and all that. I just I like seeing these famous people show up. Um, and it's good. I mean, if you do something well, I don't care what your occupation is. It's great to see people that are educated on that and that's who this is again these are different guilds you can't just get in this and vote it's not critics it's people who do what you do day in and day out it'd be like in my position as a real estate agent if a whole bunch of people said nate emery as best realtor this i don't know how you quantify that but i'm just saying it's people with an informed opinion that say this is quality work that we want to recognize sure. and i i value that yeah um so all of that put together i'm just i'm Real hyped. I think like, on top of all that, like you just enjoy somebody getting the recognition deserved. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fun. I mean, it's fun to say, oh, this person won this year, and this person's won twice, and this person's never won, and they should win. And just again, it's, it goes it, a little bit goes back to sports. Yeah. So it's just all that. What does it take for David Fincher to get his respect? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> again, if it wasn't. Hashtag the social network, our unofficial sponsor. I don't know what was going to get it because I really love that movie. But That anyway. has been Nate Emery's Oscars 2021 main and most predictions there. Check out past episodes with Nate Emery as well, such as mentioned Gladiator. And uh, we'll see how he does. And uh, I too am actually looking forward to this because I like post-Oscar stuff where it's like, okay, this is what people are talking about. Maybe I will put in the time to see all these things now and so on. I just have to convince my wife to actually sit down and watch a movie with me. Because yeah. the only thing that we watch together right now is This Is Us or Ted Lasso. Oh, we love yeah. Ted Lasso. Absolutely. So we don't like soccer. We just love Ted Lasso. Right. So hopefully this next year things are different. Um, this year things were harder to see. Open up theaters. Open up. Well, it's happening. Ugh. It's slowly happening. But, I mean, even for me, uh, I just, I really enjoy. You're first in line. Don't even I lie. am, but I just, I really enjoy You're putting in PTO, you're taking a week off. The whole week. Yeah. I enjoy being in that big room together and seeing, um, so, and, and certain movies lend to that. I mean, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Seeing that in a packed theater, seeing yeah, something people, like just Star Wars. Just the audience Wars, noise. Like Force yeah. Awakens. The energy um, in the room. Yeah. I saw A Quiet Place in a packed theater. I mean, you could hear. <laughs> Suspense. You say you could hear a pin drop. I mean, you 
obviously with that movie, the premise of it, yeah, no sound in that theater is so good. So I'm looking forward to stuff like that. And obviously this year lacked a little bit of what we normally see. Like Tenet made its appearance. But the reason I haven't heard of two or three of those others is because movies like Top Gun Maverick and No Time to Die, a new James Bond movie, um, Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story. Black Widow. Black Widow. Any Marvel movie that isn't a serialized television show um, didn't come out. Yeah. Fast 9. Yeah. Again, guilty pleasure. Love it. But you know what did? Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 3, which was the <laughs> top action highest movie grossing movie. movie of the year. Period. <laughs> no, period. Highest grossing yeah. movie of the year. That's nuts. The right time. That is so, nuts. Uh, high aspirations for 20, 2022. Um, and even this Oscars, it got moved back two months to allow for more films to be able to get into it. So just a different, different landscape, but I'm still pumped about it. And um, thanks for having me on to talk about it. We're looking forward to things going back to a normal pace and things moving up from there. Check out more episodes of False Start with Andrew Van as we go back in the past there. Look for those best episodes there. We have done over 100 episodes this po- this uh, this point. We've had over 1,000 downloads in March. So thank you so much to all the listeners out there. Uh, we were covering more good and bad movies, depending on how we feel in the moment. Uh, and all that. But again, give us a like, subscribe, whatever you already listen to the voices on, whether it be iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, and all the rest of the, the voices of somebody comes out of. Just hit that like and subscribe button. It helps out a big time there. This has been False Start. And if I were to be a betting man, Nate Emery will come back. Dang straight.